Howdy, boys and girls. Welcome back. It is week four of the college football season, and therefore week four of the Carla and Crappy Show. Astute viewers and listeners will observe that Carla is not with me. Um, Carla has officially begun her maternity leave from, like, everything, including the Carla and Crappy Show. Uh, and so not unlike Jeopardy, um, although hopefully with less drama, we're going to have a series of co-hosts sitting in her chair. Um, and uh, that's going to get us through the season until Carla's ready to come back. First up... Um, I'm I am stoked to have uh, to have New Bias Wilborn, uh, who's a colleague of mine at the Post Gazette in Pittsburgh. Uh, he is the current Penn State beat writer at the paper, um, so he he had pretty good seat for for the 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 Auburn game last weekend, huh? Oh man, listen, um, what an amazing contest! What an amazing weekend! Had, you know, had, it's one of those interesting things where yeah. you know newspapers, old school Penn State, old school. So we we ride on the fifty yard line, man, and. Um, <laughs> And that beautiful old school press box there, man. Yes, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. H- had you had you seen a whiteout before? I mean, I've seen it on TV, never in yeah. person. Yeah, I, I've 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 been out there twice for whiteouts, and it's it is incredible. It is mind blowing. Um, I, that that you atmosphere. know, I'm listen, I, I grew up down south, uh, mm-hmm. all the SEC stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I didn't really want to believe that it was as lit as they say it is. And <laughs> let me tell you, it was lit, my brother. It was okay. fun. I mean, and and also credit Auburn, like they had a bunch of fans. Typically, they looked you know, it. Yeah, yeah. They, there are a lot of a lot of those old boys from down south made the trip up to um, State College today. Uh, okay, I think for one, they found out they had a lot more in common than they had different uh, <laughs> in a lot of different ways when it comes to you know the old saying about Central PA being pretty much Alabama, and that you had some <laughs> in Alabama fall through <laughs> uh they really could have made the game instead of being a uh, white out it could have made a, a camo game to see which fan base oh, had the best camo outfits <laughs> but oh man that would hey, work man. too that would work that that would that would be appropriate um it was, but seriously it was fun it was yeah one of those college football atmospheres yes that you yes. talk about and i hope that you get more games like this where you get those unique matchups you don't see all the time. I think that was Auburn's furthest trip north since they played at Syracuse and the first time playing a road game against a Big Ten team mm-hmm. since 1931 against Wisconsin. And the atmosphere was great. Like I said, the Auburn fans were there. They had a good time. Yep. Yep. Um, I saw a bunch of them out downtown on Friday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. They had fun. They had fun at the game. A lot of them came to the game. And and they were they made themselves known, but – uh, you could yes, you could hear on TV, and then and clearly, you know, uh, and I know this from from being an Ohio State fan and, and sitting in those stands. If you're wearing orange or if you're wearing red or something at whiteout, you, you stick out a little bit. So, oh, yeah. um, so it was it was obvious that, that the Auburn folks came out in in great numbers. Um, we've just sort of jumped into this, um, and and I, I'm, I'm glad we got to to touch on the. Uh, the you know, the whiteout and the atmosphere. What, what were your impressions of, of that game? Uh, overall? Oh, that was, uh, that's as, as much fun as I've seen so far in this season. Uh, it was a great game. I mean, mm-hmm. very riveting contest. It mm-hmm. could have gone either way down to the wire. Mm-hmm. If you're a Penn state fan, you would have liked to have seen them close out on offense instead of giving the ball back to Auburn there. And quite honestly, yeah. as a guy writing on deadline, it would have <laughs> to be a little bit more, decisive there because um you know do you write two stories at one point because the narrative yeah. totally changes yeah. if you know Jaquan Briscoe doesn't break up that pass at the end of the game yes uh shout out to Steve Zance and all the editing crew at the Post Gazette because uh that was a uh that was, that was a wild night man they, 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 they turned out that, 
that fans would never understand that part of trying yes. to write on deadline. So yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they they uh the, the sports desk back in the newsroom turned that around quickly. I was I, I was running the website that that night. So um uh so I was sitting here watching on my laptop and and uh that game's going down to the wire. I'm like, oh I I do not envy Nubias because <laughs> oh it's I mean listen, it's it's not easy and and again, and I don't want to complain about it because listen, guys, yeah. it was a great atmosphere. Yes. You can feel that press box shaking. And I got to see a really good football game against two good teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed my rewatch a lot more than <laughs> having to write it and having to have a story in. I bet. Um, right as the game is. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I as you know, I'm a Big Ten guy, so I, I pay attention to especially what's going on in the Big Ten East. Um and, and Penn State. Uh, you know, you you got to see the the, the awful start last year. Oh, yeah. um, what's what's changed uh, for for the Lions that's that's made the difference uh, so far this year? Because that's that they they look like an entirely different team. How much time do we have? As much time as you need. I mean, everything, everything. <laughs> I mean, Sean Clifford looks a lot better. Yeah. Um, and he's not deceptively fast. He's fast. Mm -hmm. Like he can move the pocket mm -hmm. with his legs when he needs to. He can go out and catch and get you a nice little 30 yard game. He can scoot, man. Yeah. Um, he's got a good arm. He's making mm -hmm. better decisions. The starting offensive line is blocking a lot better, both in pass pro mm -hmm. and in the run game. Mm -hmm. The defensive front seven is a lot better. The secondary is better. Mm -hmm. They're generating turnovers. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, we could go on down the line of everything mm -hmm. that went wrong last year that's going right this year. I mean, they look like the kind of team that they were in 2019 and they went to the cotton bowl, which feels like 10 years ago, but it really oh, wasn't ages ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, you know, with everything with the, you know, the society and, you know, the world being on fire. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But outside of that, I mean, 2019 really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And the way they started out so far has kind of reminded us of that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Clifford has been, I, I just, I, I remember so many games, in, including the game in Columbus last year. Um, Clifford just looks so uncomfortable. Uh, during the first half of the season. Well, yeah, you're going to look uncomfortable when the offensive line can't block because he's running for his life. That's that's part yeah. of it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, is it is it the, the, the is it the the O line that is improved? Is it he has more weapons? Um, you know, there's got to be some comfort in knowing that if I get the ball in Dotson's hands, good things are going to happen. You know, regardless of how we do it. Um, what do you, do you have a sense of what's made the difference for him? Just all, all yes. of the above. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. all of it. I mean, <laughs> listen, John Dotson is probably one of the better receivers in the, in the Big Ten. Yeah. Then you have Parker Washington over there. Uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith has really stepped up into a role. Mm -hmm. Last week, you saw the tight ends. Uh, you saw Tyler Warren throw for a touchdown pass. Yes. Excuse me, run for a touchdown pass. Yes. Run yes. for a touchdown. Yeah, that was you know, cool. That's cool play. Dotson catch, which was a very interesting, weird kind of play. All of a sudden, you see Sean Clifford kick out to the right side uh -huh. in motion, and you see the you see Warren – and I didn't realize up to that point, because I'm still relatively new to the beat, yeah. that Warren was actually recruited as a quarterback out of um, Virginia Tech, wanted him as a quarterback. I he did not to go know to that. Yeah, yeah. He was okay. a high school quarterback, and apparently okay. Virginia Tech had him recruited as a quarterback, ends up going to Penn State, ends up converting to tight end. Nice. And so, because it was kind of weird. I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're going to have this guy take a snap. I've never seen this guy take a snap before. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't a small situation. No. It's a <laughs> big game yeah and you went with him to take the snap and mm -hmm. it worked you know mm -hmm. or as the Brisker said 
he dunked on them boys. <laughs> yeah, he did. And he so really he did. did. I mean, which was like, it's one of those moments where, again, you know, for those who don't know, when you're in the press box, you're covering a game, you can't, you know, there's no cheering. There's no cheering. But there definitely the press was like, box. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, you it do. Was, it was a fun play. Okay. Okay. I, um, Get back to Penn State in a second, and I, I, I have to touch on, on Ohio State because that's I, I always do. Um, I, I'm, I'm pleased uh, against Tulsa that they figured out one thing, at least, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and, and that is you, you, you hand it to, to Travion Henderson, um, and, and things are going to be okay. Um, Henderson is a true freshman, and he broke the single-season freshman rushing record, uh, which had been in place since 1972. Um, Archie Griffin set that Archie record. Griffin, so, yeah. so that's you that's may have heard up on a couple of highs and That's a, that's that's pretty good company. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that I think that effort was was good for third best on the all time uh, single game. Uh, Whether like Trey Sermon and and um and uh, Eddie Eddie, Eddie George, George is in the yeah, second place. Eddie George, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's so, down the coast down there at uh, Tennessee State? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I. <sighs> Tulsa's a good team, and Ohio State fans don't want to hear this. Tulsa's a good team. I'm not surprised that they can move the ball. I'm not surprised that they could score a little bit. But, man, the Ohio State's defense is still uh, struggling. Their uh, coverages are, mis- are, are messed up. Uh, run defense is not consistent. Uh, they can't consistently pressure a quarterback. Um, in, in a game against Tulsa, you would think at some point, the, you know, the difference in talent level should should – wear down the, the the group of five team toward the end of the game but but Tulsa was still it was still a one one score game halfway through the fourth quarter so I'm, I'm not sure what to think other than uh man the Big Ten East looks like it is wide open um Michigan State hasn't really or Michigan hasn't played anybody but they've been dominant um they've they've looked as good as they've had in a couple of years uh Michigan State uh looked great on Saturday um, we, we talked about Penn State. Do you have a Do you have a sense of, of how that might shake out? I know we're still stupid early in the season, but I mean, this is going from the assumption that Ohio State's going to be the team to beat in the East. Um, suddenly, doesn't look like it's the that's the correct assumption to make, right? Well, I mean, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Right now, I would say the country's wide open. Alabama, not yet. Oh, yeah. Maybe Florida's better than I thought it was, but they mm-hmm. were down twenty-one to three. Mm-hmm. They were up 21-3 against Florida, and Florida darn near won that game. Yep. Clemson struggled to beat Georgia Tech. A Georgia Tech team that two weeks ago lost to Northern Illinois. Um, right. I mean, pretty bad to Northern Illinois at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so I don't know how good Clemson is. Georgia, they kind of struggled a bit against um, South Carolina. Yeah. Yep. You know, they, I mean, the score was 40-13, but – you know, Georgia didn't really put it on those guys like you would have thought they would mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means. But back to Ohio State, I mean, Justin Fields is pretty good, man. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no question. And I'm, I'm not even talking about quarterback play. I, 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 I should think that's been pretty good. Um, but just overall, and, and the, the defensive struggles have been uh, ha- have been a concern. If you're a fan, it's something that, that, that uh, you, you have noticed already. Um, and it oh, just it just absolutely. feels like it, it feels like Ohio State could could win the division. It feels like Ohio State could come in third or fourth. Um, I mean, listen, I think the country in general is wide mm-hmm. open. Definitely, the Big Big Ten East is wide open because, and again, I'm not saying that CJ Stroud is good, but he's not Justin Fields. Yeah. Um. You listen. You can't lose 
that much talent to the NFL every year oh, I know. and expect to be I mean, unless you're Alabama and even Alabama again, like I mentioned, struggled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, if there's a glimmer of hope from like on the national picture, it's that, you know, maybe Alabama's uh, that, that defense is, is uh, not where it's been. Um, and, 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 you know, Florida's Florida's not a bad team, obviously. Um, and, but for, uh, for them to, to come so close to knocking off Alabama, um, I mean, that does that maybe that speaks to just sort of a, a, a level of parody that exists across the board this time. Um, oh, absolutely. Listen, I mean, you have a team, well, really you don't have a true powerhouse dominant team, mm-hmm. at least that hasn't revealed itself after these first three games. Yeah. Georgia is probably going to be pretty good. They might end up being number one soon. And mm-hmm. you look at Alabama, they're there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm curious to see what happens in two weeks at Kinnick Stadium. Yeah. Penn State, Ohio. Penn State, yeah. Iowa. Yeah. I want to see what happens that, in that that's game. Gonna be, that's gonna I'm be looking forward game. to being there, man. Um, You know, we'll see how that goes for the mm-hmm. Nittany Lions if they can be in. Because I don't know how good Iowa is. I don't know. How, really, you don't know how good any of these teams are. I know. To I, be I, quite frank. Yeah, but to, it's to, weird. <laughs> to make these judgments in the middle of September uh, or the end of September is is is, uh, is always a dicey thing. But uh, but this is what we do. Um, right. It's if you if you watch college football and you pay attention to this stuff, this is this is what you have to do um, before you and I go any further. Uh, we're going to take a second and let my buddy AJ take us through his group of five after dark report uh, and tell us what's going on in the uh, uh, Fun Belt, Mountain West, uh, all of AJ's favorites. AJ, go. Hey, it's your buddy AJ with this week four group of five Pac-12 after dark report. We're starting on Thursday with Marshall at App State. This is the battle for Appalachia and you should absolutely watch this game. Marshall coming off a weird loss to ECU. Didn't really see that one coming. Uh, App State looked real solid against Miami. Uh, this is going to be just a good, like, there's nothing better to watch than two teams from a small region that people definitely care about. Like, keep, people care about Marshall football. They care about App State football. So watch this game. It should be a good one. Uh, we're going to skip to Friday, and then I'm just going to tell you to skip Friday. There is absolutely nothing on Friday you should watch. Um, I will say that anytime I tell you to skip things, just keep your eye on the scoreboard and look for weird stuff, but there's nothing happening on Friday night that is like, oh, if this goes one way or the other, that it actually means anything. This is the entropy of college football. Saturday, noon slate, same thing. I'm sure something very dumb will happen in the noon games. It's just how these sorts of things go. But ultimately, most of these games are skippable. They're mostly chalk games. Uh, like, There's not even like a, ooh, feisty underdog going against a, a, a favorite. No, no, these are all absolute games that none of the teams who are favored should have any struggle with, right? This is, this is the last week before we really get into like conference play. So it's, uh, it's, this is the last, uh, last time at the cupcake table. However, we do have to talk about the travesty that is the scheduling of Boise State and Utah, Boise State and Utah State. This is on CBS. I don't know why. And it's being played at noon in Logan, Utah. So it's a 10 a.m. local kickoff. I don't, 
I don't understand what's happening here or why CBS is doing this. I guess they ran out of like promotional advertising on Saturday mornings or something. But yeah, this is a 10 a.m. local kick for Boise and Utah State. So that game could get squirrely, but it's also weird that they're playing it at that time. Uh, 3.30 p.m. on ESPNU, UTSA at Memphis. <clears throat> uh, crappy, I'm going to need you to mute me here in a second, but meet me, uh, UTSA is good. They are demonstrably good. Uh, Jeff Trailer is doing a fantastic job uh, with UTSA. And Memphis... <laughs> Memphis got away with one against Memphis or against uh, Mississippi State, but UTSA is a really good football team. Jeff Trailer is getting the t getting a ton out of them. Memphis is super fun. You should absolutely watch this game. 3:30 p.m. on ESPNU. Uh, let's slide down to 3:30 again. Uh, Illinois at Purdue, because I'm gross sometimes. Um, sure, why not? Brett Bielema, Jeff Brom. Neither of these teams are terribly good, uh, but hey, this is this has sicko potential. Uh, 6 p.m. UCLA at Stanford on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, I told you to watch Fresno State and UCLA, and if you haven't watched at least the fourth quarter of Fresno State UCLA, you should. I was at two in the morning losing. I was up at two in the morning losing my absolute mind watching Jake Hayner be an absolute monster. That is a late night god, and you put some respect on his name. Uh, UCLA made that interesting and fun. UCLA is still a very, very good football team. Fresno just happened to be better. Uh, so Fresno State currently best team in California. Uh, they play San Diego State on October 30th, and <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to that game already. But UCLA at Stanford, this is effectively Pac-12, uh, the best team in California. USC looked good, but... UCLA coming off of a tough loss, Stanford coming off, coming off of beating USC and then handling Vandy. Like it wasn't even a little bit of an effort. They just went to, they went to Nashville and had a good time, which I believe is the point of most people going to Nashville. So, uh, yes, I expect this to be a pretty good game. Stanford getting another shot at a team that's potentially on their level. UCLA looking to bounce back after a loss. Uh, find that however you need to on the internet. I'm not going to tell you where, but there are various places to go do that. Uh, also at 6 p.m., Louisiana Lafayette at Georgia Southern on ESPN+. Plus. Louisiana Lafayette, they, they, they seem off. They're still very good, but they're not, they're not 2020 Louisiana Lafayette. They're 2021. Um... They are a little bit shaky. Georgia Southern getting a bit away from the option stuff that has made them really, really good. I think Georgia Southern could potentially get up for this game and take a bite at Louisiana, but I, I still I still see Louisiana getting a win here, uh, but moving forward. Uh, I regret, though, to inform you that the late slate is rough. A uh, whole lot of chalk games. The only one that could be fun in the 10:30 slot is Oregon State at USC. Um, Oregon State is quietly a decent team. Uh, they've largely been the the bottom of the Pac-12, the doormat of the Pac-12. That's Arizona now, by the way. <laughs> you lost to Northern Arizona when you shouldn't have. Good for you, Arizona. You're completely broken. Um, but Oregon State slowly building. 
They are not doing anything quickly. They didn't go into the transfer portal. They didn't do anything. They're slowly building. So keep an eye on Oregon State. They could make this interesting against USC. USD came out this week with an interim coach and handled business and looked very, very good in doing so. Um, weirdly, the last time they had an interim coach, they did this too. So maybe USC doesn't need a full-time coach. They just need to, like, find a, an interim coach at all times. USC just has permanent interim coach, if that makes any sense. Right? That doesn't make sense English-wise, and the English majors uh, and journalism people who are on this program will be cringing when I say permanent interim, but you understand what I mean here. Uh, that's this week's G5 Pac-12 After Dark Report. Uh, light week, honestly. Uh, not a ton going on. As always, watch the scoreboard. Eat the whole hog. Um, when something dumb appears to be happening, just keep an eye out uh, and tune into it. And we will see you guys next week. Carla, crappy. Carla, hey, if you're listening... Congratulations. I hope everything's going well. Shout out to you, Carla. Welcome to your next chapter of your life. Crappy, back to you. Thank you, AJ. Uh, one more thing to take care of before we get to our feature games, uh, and, and that is this week's um, what Carla and I dubbed the Big Red Bears Report. Um, uh, new bias, I, you may or not, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, my nephew plays football at Cornell. Um, so we're going to, we're going to pay attention to Ivy league football here. Do you, do you have any takes on the Ivy league football season so far? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of hard other than, uh, you can really say know. no, it's, it's okay. I don't know what's happening with them yet, but I'm looking uh, forward to watching more. Shout out to Cornell though. Um, they, uh, they, uh, they lost to VMI 31, 21. Uh, and, and I, I was, I, it looks, it felt like they were close. Um, you know, these guys haven't played games since 2019. Um, so there's obviously some rust. Um, but it just, I mean, it, watching them, it doesn't look, this is, it's not a bad football team. Uh, they got a bunch of super seniors. Um, they have a decent amount of experience. So I, I think that's something that, that could turn into a decent season. Uh, Yale started with, the, started with the loss as well. So, um, you know, perhaps going on the road to, to New Haven, Connecticut, um, get some of the, the clam white pizza, maybe some of that, and then um, and then beat Yale on the road in the Yale Bowl. That would be that would be a pretty cool thing for big or for the Big Red and for my nephew. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So we'll get to our, our feature games uh, where we uh, discuss a little bit, make a couple picks, and see how it goes. We're going to start. I don't know how you got Notre Dame on Big Nude Saturday, but Big Nude Saturday. Number 12, Notre Dame uh, versus Wisconsin at Soldier Field in Chicago. Um, uh, Nubias, I'm going to let you take first crack at this one. What do you think? Ooh, geez. I, I saw Wisconsin in person. Yeah. Their yeah, yeah. offense did not look very good when uh -huh. I saw them, but it was only one game in. And Notre Dame really hadn't looked very good in their game so far, even though they won them all. I'm going to take Notre Dame by three here, I think. Okay. I'm not very confident, but I'm going to take Notre Dame. Okay. Okay. Um, I just, the, the, the super interesting thing here is that, you know, you've got the old Wisconsin quarterback, Jack Cohn, who transferred to Notre Dame. Uh, you've got Graham Mertz, um, who is capable of playing lights out uh, as, as quarterback in, in Wisconsin. And he's also, I'm, you got, you got to figure like from week to week, which grand merch you're going to get. Um, and that's, and, but, but for Wisconsin, generally that's not too, that's not a bad deal. I don't think they've had like a, a, a top tier quarterback 
uh, since Russell Wilson played there, however long ago that was. Um, but they don't really need them, right? They just, they, you've, got a, you've got a stable tailbacks. You've got a monstrous offensive line. You hand the ball off. If you can hit a tight end on a pass once in a while or, or go deep on play action once in a while, great. Um, and then your defense will keep you in the game and, and you know, things will, things will generally work out for the Badgers. Jack Cohn was that too. And that's, and that's a troubling thing for Notre Dame because I don't think Notre Dame needs, needs a better quarterback. Um, the, their O-line is green. Uh, the rushing game is decent. Um, and, and while Jack Cohn is, you know, he was at Wisconsin for, for 17 years before he transferred. Um, I'm not sure that the Irish can get by with, with just a game manager. Um, so uh, uh, first off, a, a new bias, as, as a, somewhat from SEC country, you just, this, is, this is a game that Midwesterners will love. And it's not, it, it, nobody else will. It, it's going to be ugly. Uh, it's going to be low scoring. Uh, but I do think Wisconsin is going to come away with the win in this one. I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, that would be, listen, that would be great for Penn State. I mean, yes, that would it would. Be one of those things that helps Penn State out on its road if, if Wisconsin is able to get a big win like that and yep. Yep. get on a little bit of a hot streak. So, you know, we'll, I mean, I can see it going either way. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a bit of a drudgery type game. Yes. That quite honestly, before I started covering Big Ted stuff, I wouldn't have been as interested in. But now I've kind of we're going to convert you. We are going to convert you. Yeah, I've kind of. I mean, I have a little bit of affection for this <laughs> this type of football okay. that's played up here. It's a little different, okay. but I it works sometimes. You know? Okay, okay, that's fair. Uh, three thirty on Saturday. Uh, number seven Texas A and M versus uh number sixteen Arkansas. This is at Jerry World. Uh, so not a not a home game for either team. Uh, the Aggies are favored by five and a half. Um, what do you see here? Well, I see Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I think Texas A&M is going to win that football game. Yeah. I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win it. Okay. Arkansas has come a long way. I like Sam Pittman. I like what they're doing down there. Yes. I don't think they're quite ready for Texas A&M. Um, it, it, Arkansas was ready for Texas, certainly. Uh, Texas A&M is a whole different proposition. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even though um, uh, the, the, the kid who's starting uh, to have the notes here, Zach Calzada, Zada, Zada, um, he's been they've done a good job of kind of keeping the pressure off of him since he was forced to come in uh, after uh, King was hurt a couple of weeks ago. Um, they have a, the, the Aggies have a good running game. He can rely on Isaiah Spiller. Uh, he, he doesn't need to, to win that game for Texas A&M or, or he shouldn't. He, he, he shouldn't be in that position in this game anyway. So um, I, I think, you know, again, this is a, a, a kind of a talent level sort of game. Um, Arkansas is good and Arkansas is improver, improving, um, but uh, the Aggies will, they will play like the top 10 team that they are and, and come out on top with this one. The, the third game, I'm, I, this isn't one that I would normally include in, in uh, you know, Carl and I were doing this show, but it's just, I, I, I had, there's one really huge question and, and I, I'm, um, I'm, so I'm curious about how this is going to go. This is 7.30 on Saturday, uh, WVU unranked at number four, Oklahoma. The Sooners, correctly, are, are favored by 16 and a half. Um, who is Oklahoma? New bias? I mean, well, what, that's what, are, what are they doing? What are well, they doing? you talk about these teams that we don't know who they are. Yeah. And they're another one. And we talk about um, Alabama. We talked about Clemson. Oklahoma's other team. They had to get some big plays down towards the end 
mm-hmm. to finish that game off last week. I don't know if Spencer Rattler is as good as everybody says he is. I've, I, I've wondered that too. I've wondered that. I mean, too. I don't know. Again, it's just it's difficult to judge. So maybe Saturday will tell us more. West Virginia beat Virginia Tech, which was an upset last week. Yep. And we thought Virginia Tech was good again. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike, you know, we, we do this thing. We cover this stuff. We go to these games. We, we watch all these press conferences. And we try to watch as much as we can to be as informed. And I think this is going to be one of those years where it's kind of like kind of like dating, right? Like you think you understand the opposite sex or whatever have you. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you don't. You're best off trying to understand the one person that you're trying to be involved with <laughs> or people. It depends on how you're living. But, yeah, yeah, sure. you know, I don't think any of this is going to make sense. That said, <laughs> I do think Oklahoma should beat West Virginia down there, which, by the yeah. way, I think, we're, I think we're actually sending a staffer to that one, so shout oh, out nice. to us at the Post nice. Gazette. Um, get back into coverage of West Virginia a little bit. So Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. This 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 should be a no-brainer. Uh, I, I, West West Virginia is good. They're not that good. Um, they, they, they should not be able to, to go down to Norman and, and, and beat Oklahoma, but, you know, Tulane shouldn't be able to to play Oklahoma tight on the road. Um, Nebraska, Nebraska is probably a little bit better than than their record has has shown in the last couple seasons. But Nebraska lost to Illinois. Illinois team that lost. Yeah. What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. I I I just I I don't get. um, I I really, I really thought at the outset of of this season that, that uh, Oklahoma was going to be head and shoulders better um, that, you know, easy top 14 playoff team, um, all that stuff. And, and the, the, the offense isn't doing what it should. Um, It it only hasn't in their second game. I don't remember who the the opponent was, but um, uh, you know, against decent competition, it hasn't hasn't looked that good. Rattler hasn't looked that good, and the defense is giving up, uh, you know, over three hundred yards a game. Um, I, I I mean, the the pick clearly is Oklahoma, but this is one one of those weeks. Of, you know, they're going to start slow, and it's going to bite them in the ass. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's this week or or, or not, but it's going to happen. If they well, don't, or, if, or maybe maybe they keep getting better because there's other yeah. things too. You gotta remember, college doesn't really get a preseason. Mm. Excuse me, doesn't get a preseason. Even yes. in the NFL, we've noticed where the first couple weeks have looked weird because mm. all the starters didn't play, right? Mm-hmm. And then you also mm-hmm. have to factor in, well, there's still a pandemic going on. Uh, sure. sure. And I know it's very easy to forget that there's a pandemic going on when you go to <laughs> see these games and it's hundred thousand people in state college and ninety thousand yep. people here and all these, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of people. You kind of forget that there is a global pandemic. Yes. But yes, that does factor into this in a lot of ways where teams are still off schedule. You have freshmen You're right. who are coming You're right. to campuses who some of these kids are on these campuses and they never visited the school until they literally moved in mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of last year. You know, they, they all they all the recruiting was on Zoom. Yeah. So yeah. That's going to be, I mean, that's a good point. That's really good. There's a lot of weird stuff that's just going on. It's just going to be weird. So just get ready to get weird. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, this, this, this game, this game could get weird. 
Uh, I, as I said, <laughs> Oklahoma's going to my, my pick is Oklahoma. But man, if, if this game is tight at halftime, um, to, to, to turn it on because it, 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 that that could be uh, it could turn out to be a lot more interesting than uh, than you might expect. Uh, boys and girls, you can hear the Carlin Crappy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc., etc. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube and on the show's Facebook page. If you like us, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you don't, mind your own damn business. Uh, be sure to come back next week to see exactly how wrong we uh, we were. I was how wrong I was. Um, we're, we're not gonna uh, we're we're gonna let new bias uh, off the hook here. I, so I guess like the guest picker like on game day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I, one thing I, I wanted to I, I want to do with you before we go, um, and this is a background for folks who are, who are uh, listening to the Carlin Crappy Show. Um, a couple years ago, I had met New Bias. Uh, he was covering the Pirates at the time, um, but didn't really know him well. And then at some point, uh, we were getting ready for uh, the, the Fresh Fest Beer Festival. This is in 2019. And I came across something that said New Bias had collaborated with the Church Brewworks, the brewery here in, in town, um, on a on a on a stout uh, that was going to be served at this at this beer festival. It's a um, this all black uh, or this the black beer festival. Um, that's one of the best festivals in the country. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! I I did not know this about New Bias. Um, and we were able to do my my other show is a, a craft beer show for uh, for the Post Gazette, uh, and we sat down and talked about the beer. And I and I got to tell you the 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 stout that that you made, um, I know I've told you this before that you that you made with the church uh, was one of the best beers I had that day. Um, wow, thanks, man. So I, and that's that's uh, it, it was delicious. I, I was super impressed. You mentioned at that point you had not been in Pittsburgh terribly long. Um, that you were still kind of missing the beer from home and you hadn't really found anything here that, that spoke to you, uh, like some of the some of your favorite breweries back in uh, back in Atlanta. Uh, this is we're, we're two years later. Mm-hmm. You've been here for a while. What have you found in Pittsburgh beer that uh, that you like? Do you have a favorite beer, favorite brewery? What's uh Ooh. Well, what? ironically, I'm drinking an Imperial IPA from uh, I don't know if you can see it on there. From Sweetwater right now, the nice. uh, Imperial okay. 420, okay. which um, just picked it up um, uh-huh. from the local spot um, on uh, on the South Side Slopes. Uh, Mike, okay. no, it was Mike's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 oddly enough, Mike's, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> grabbed, it, grabbed it from them. and um, But, you know, as far as locally, I really, I'd say my favorite scene is probably Dancing Gnome. Okay. Um, they got me through the pandemic. Quite honestly, because they had the yes. outdoor seating. Yep. It was very comfortable out there, especially during the midst of the pandemic. When mm-hmm. once it got a little warm, you could social distance safely. You know, their IPA scene is pretty cool. Um, another Mike's, I like Mike's beer bar um on the North Shore. Mm-hmm. Those guys are really good, have a bunch of good local beer. Okay. Um, you know, Church Brew Works is a is a favorite, of course. Shout out yep. to Dan, the head brewer there, a good friend mm-hmm. of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, Insurrection, I think they've come a long way. Yes. Uh, there's 412, um, the brewer Adam, mm-hmm. um, who has a professional back- wrestling background, as well as he played college bas- baseball at Georgia Tech. Uh, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I, I knew the wrestling thing. I didn't know about the baseball. Yeah, he played college baseball at Tech, nice. man. So, yeah, nice. interesting dude. Um, 
I mean, he played there in the early '90s, so he mm-hmm. played a lot of guys who ended up playing playing pro baseball, so on and okay. so forth. So very cool. Um, also, geez, there's a ton of them, but I would just to narrow it down, I would definitely say dancing is probably on my list. I always enjoy those guys over there. Okay, really good group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, consistent true. beer, but there's a lot of good breweries. I, I've really. Once you kind of start to navigate the scene, mm-hmm. I definitely have really started to enjoy it. Okay, okay. We um, we we. I'm glad we got Pittsburgh beer to grow on you. Uh, we we will get uh, Midwestern football to grow on you before it's all said and done. I promise. There you go. <laughs> we gonna make it happen, man. Nah, for real, man. You know, I, listen. I enjoy the scene here, man. It's good yeah. people and definitely. Oh yeah, and of course you got Voodoo. By the way, I didn't mention them, and they got a location yes. in State College. So. Yes. Yes. Um, can't go wrong with them. Uh, listen, folks, um, if you, uh, if, if you're a Post-Gazette subscriber, or if you want to find out more about Penn State, go, go check out postgazette.com. Uh, New Bias Wilborn has, uh, has that team program covered and, uh, New Bias, man, I really appreciate this. Thanks for uh, being the first person to step in, uh, to sit in Carla's seat while she's, uh, she's out with her new child. Um, and uh, everybody else, guys, we'll be back here next week with uh, another guest host, more fun games to talk about, and uh, we will see you then. Cheers, uh, New Bias, cheers. And Salute. Cheers, cheers to you, everyone. Talk to you later.